Pam Maldonado is going to save us from this before I get at Sean's throat. Of course, Yahoo Sportsbook. And I'll, Pam, I want to start first with what happened at Riviera last week because it's it's impossible not to talk about Tiger Woods. And when you came on with us, obviously we had to bring up the fact that he was a heavy favorite not to make the cut. I mean, he did. He was, I would say, certainly exceeded expectations, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Tiger Woods looked comfortable. He looked healthy. He had fun. Of course, we saw the big controversy of him handing the tampon over to Justin Thomas, which yeah. it was okay in my my opinion. <laughs> but it was – he looked good. Um, good spirits. So I'm really looking forward to what he can do next. Now can he still – is he still capable of winning a major? Why not? At this point, he looked fine. You really think so, though? Because I feel, every single time Tiger's in the field – I don't do what I used to do, which is bet Tiger against everybody else, but I'll still sprinkle a few dollars on him. Can he actually make me some money back at some point? It's going to take time. You have to understand that he is, body is older. He hasn't, he doesn't have as many reps in the tank as everybody else does. You have golfers who are playing seven, eight weeks straight. He's played one tournament in like eight months. So, I mean, the muscle memory is always going to be there. And, of course, I can't compare myself to Tiger Woods, but I myself am a golfer. I've been playing since I was seven. So I can show up not having played in six months and play pretty dang well. Once you start getting into a groove of things, okay, now that like seven over par turns into five over par, turns into three over par, then you're shooting par. That's Tiger Woods. He's going, if he can stay healthy, I think that's like the most important question. And you see it in ATP tennis with players like Rafael Nadal. Once they give themselves the time needed to repair, if they can stay healthy, oh, they are still better than the rest. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be a fan. I don't want to necessarily bet on or against, but I'm rooting for it. Why not? He's great for, for great for the game. And that and that's really what it is, Pam. I mean, he is. He's great for the game. People care. Casual golf fans care. And we saw the money going in on Tiger Woods. He was one of the biggest liabilities. Oh, yeah. And you're like, well, it's it, we think he's it, it's just I got a lot of friends that are big Tiger Woods fans, and I just like I try to calm them down a little bit and temper their expectations. But this is what happens a lot with athletes, obviously that that deal with injuries over their careers is you kind of have that unfulfilled expectation uh, because there were certainly tons of expectations that haven't been fulfilled by Tiger Woods, even with his incredible, historically great career that he had. But putting Tiger Woods aside, before we move ahead uh, to the Honda Classic, was there anything else that happened last week at Riviera? Just maybe that stood out to you that, because it's, you know, it's early on in the season. And one of the things you said when you first came on at the beginning of the the, the season was, you know, you want to get kind of a feel for how people look, how guys are playing, things like that. Any other takeaways that you had that we should pay attention to? I'm kind of disappointed in Rory McIlroy. I think he was on a lot of our cards, and he didn't perform to the level that I was expecting. Um, So I'm kind of hoping that maybe he's just in a bit of a funk. The thing with Rory McIlroy is you can bet him, and his floor is still better than two-thirds of the field as their ceiling in comparison. So I'm not going to look too much into how Rory didn't finish in the top ten as I'm expecting as I was hoping but I did end up sending a text to my buddy and it was like I hate John Rom. I hate Rom. <laughs> I had Homa as an outright and it's like every, yeah. this is the second time that Rom has bit me in the butt and I told and I sent him a text on like Saturday I was like we should be betting Rom shouldn't we he's like yeah we're just let's just let it ride let it ride didn't work out why so, as long did as you stay, are field, you staying away from the favorites is that why because like it feels like this is the year maybe just a bet like the guys that are supposed to win instead of get creative and take like my fellow jayhawk gary woodland which i also do a little bit every week just take the dudes that are supposed to win like john Rahm. 
I don't purposely bet on or against fades back the favorites. It's just who do I feel is going to be a good fit for the course. And I mean, I, I did like Rob, but yeah, maybe the odds kind of like left me a little less enticed. And But I mean, look, I had Max Homa and he was two under and he was there. He had the lead for a little while. I would rather kind of go for those long shots because it's not a guarantee that these favorites are going to win. You're betting them at eight to one every single week. You're going to end up losing in the long run betting that um, the favorites are not going to cash week after week. It's just... We're in the early part of the season. They're better than the rest. They're in a groove. Let's go. Let's get some of these other players catch up a bit. I still believe that Justin Thomas has a win well on his way. I believe in him. Zalatoris, I am surprised at how well he did, to be honest. Um, he shot 13 under par. He ended up with a, t- with a fourth place finish. I am so excited to see him maybe win another, another tournament this year. Uh, speaking of another tournament, we got the Honda Classic coming up next. Talking to Pam Maldonado here, BetMGM tonight. Uh, let's just lay out the course for us. A little bit more of a difficult course, a little different than what we've seen recently. Just, I, I guess just kind of give the, the big picture as to what we'll be seeing. So the Honda Classic, um, it's going to be a really weak field. You're talking about only nine of the top 50 players in the field. There's only two in the top 25, and Sung J.M. is a heavy, heavy favorite for that reason. He's one of those two players in the top 25. It's a par 70, so it's shorter as far as length it's only about 7100 yards but it is a little bit more difficult there's a lot of hazards and anybody who's played golf when you see water right off the tee that's going to be intimidating and there's water on like every single hole and if it's not off the tee it's around the greens really narrow fairways so it's a really penal course and this is a really weak field so players like maybe John Rahm Tony Fina, they could probably excel here, but these are um, less experienced. You have a lot of Corn Ferry Tour players. You have players who play often on the Euro Tour. So because of the field and the difficulty of the course, the average par- the average score is only two over par. So over the course of four days, the winner should be sitting about anywhere between eight to ten under for the for a winner. So you're going to be. It's very difficult on this level of a course. It is a tall task to be finding that guy that really stands out from the rest. But you got to work with what you got, and this is one of the less intriguing tournaments of the year. But, I mean, it also gives you an opportunity for shooting on some of those those darts, throwing those darts and hoping one hits. That's a real buildup for the dudes that are going to be playing this weekend. But I do agree with you. <laughs> it is a weak field, so I'll say it for the third time. How much is that because of LIV Golf directly? Because all the guys that used to be part of this field are now not part of this um, organization, let's say. I mean, it could very well be, like Justin Thomas said, money talks. <laughs> Rory McIlroy said money talks. Um, one of my buddies actually just sent to me his list for who he has to win for the live, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're there already? We're, we're betting live now? Is that what we're doing? I'm not quite there yet. I, I can appreciate those who do content for the live tour. I'm still committed to the PGA because I think it is still, even this field is still more intriguing to me than betting 10 players playing three rounds, team events. I'm just not that interested in it from a betting perspective at this moment. Um, But yeah, I like to throw darts, so let's try to find some like 50 to 1 winners instead of trying to find Dustin Dustin Johnson and whoever else is on the live tour right now. (laughs) All right, so who are some of those names then? Who are some long shots that you're looking at? Well, let's start with first Ben Griffin. Um, he is 55 to 1 to win this tournament. Now, I'm very much a conservative better, so as soon as I'm getting plus money options, that's kind of where I stop, which is typically top 20s. His top 20 is plus 265, but you can kind of go a little 
expand the board, and his top 40 option is an intriguing minus 120 price. I really do like him just simply because, I mean, he is one of those players. Um, he went to UNC. He's a pro that he's been playing on the Corn Ferry Tour as well, mixed in with some PGA events. He's never played at this course, which is why his odds could be so long and further down the board. Um, but his top 40 value, his top 40 number is really intriguing because he lost strokes earlier this month at Pebble Beach. However, before that, he gained strokes in five straight events and gaining strokes with his iron play. Now, because this course is so penal, because there's a lot of water hazards, I want players that maybe aren't necessarily like bombers off the tee. They can be. Accuracy is a little bit more important. But because of this type of course, you can also leave your driver in the bag. So really, anybody off the tee is going to be solid. But And he's been a solid contender this year. He has a T12 at the Sony Open in mid-January. Um, he... He's top 10 in the field for strokes gained putting on Bermuda Greens, which is what this course is. So I'm not putting too much weight into Pebble Beach because that's a Pro-Am event. And watching Pro-Am events as a spectator is very difficult because it's a very elongated day. You're talking about a typical four-hour round is now six hours because of the amateur um, side of that. That's part of it. Um, but, I mean, he's playing really good golf, and it is a windy condition course, and he's done well on windy condition courses. He took T3 at the Bermuda Championship. He's consistent in these easier field events, and so I think I love him for I love him for a top 40. 55 to 1. I said this is the perfect week to throw some darts. That's one of the darts that I've already thrown. I've already thrown a little parlay on Shane Lowry and Matt Kuchar to both finish in the top 20. Am I going to catch that ticket? What book allows you to parlay in golf? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and Yo, I, I, got, I got some back alleys. That is a true defense <laughs> right there. Like, golf is already difficult enough as it is, and you want to start parlaying some options? Hey, power to you, man. I wish I had those balls. <laughs> It feels like, though, I mean, like, I like looking at the field like you kept talking about, and then the guys at the top of the field and their chances of finishing in the top 20. I don't know, like you said, throw some stuff against a wall and see what sticks. Well, actually, Matt Kuchar is actually one of those players that I like to fade. So if you put him, uh, and before he left to live, Sergio Garcia, in, to miss the cuts, they were always money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I hope your ticket cashes. <laughs> Thank you. Pam, got a couple of minutes. I, I, we can't have you on and not at least talk some NFL because we know it's a year-round thing, and there's just no way to avoid it. Sean brought up something to me that's been racking my brain. I need to see what you think about this. He said, right now, and I know we got a lot of NFL offseason to go, if I had to take the Chiefs or the field, who am I taking to win the Super Bowl next year? And I feel like looking at the roster they have, the lack of any real weaknesses, and then the ability to add to the depth they have and everything they've done, I kind of like the Chiefs over the field right now. Where would you be? I know a lot has to change, obviously, still, but it's. I feel like it's the Chiefs. I was one of those insane, not smart people at the beginning of the season that looked at the Chiefs' schedule, said, hey, it looks pretty difficult, and wagered on the Chiefs to miss playoffs. What was I thinking? <laughs> there, are, no. there are things. I will be <laughs> the first to admit that that is one of the biggest oops that I've had. Did make up for it in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, I mean, you just can't. They proved as a unit that you cannot ever, regardless of strength of schedule, strength of schedule matters in football. Not when it comes to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You're talking about the best offensive mind. You're talking about um, 
the best quarterback, not probably of our generation, but probably of all time. Are we there yet? I'm saying it. Uh, so, I mean, you're, it doesn't matter. And I think we saw a level of maturity from Patrick Mahomes where last year when they had Tyreek Hill, they were going for a lot of these deep ball shots. And he kind of had a lot of like these go ball situations where they could have been picked off and he was forcing situations, the pressure points. And he did well and he looked good and it was still Mahomes magic, but they got themselves into a lot of trouble. This year, you kind of take away that Tyreek Hill factor. Well, now what, is, what did they do? They adapted to the, shorter, to the shorter odds, those underneath passes within 10 yards. They are able to adapt. Mahomes was able to adapt as a quarterback. He saw what he needed to improve on, and he did. The offensive line was strong. We know how good that was. Andy Reid, always a genius. As long as they keep their D.C., Steve Bagnola, I mean, I am super interested in the Chiefs every year. <laughs> oh, you barely missed this last year. I mean, they just had the league MVP and won the Super Bowl and won the division. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, hey, real, I'm just messing with you, Pam. Hey, real quick, what about Buffalo? Is Buffalo officially dead because – I think that their window, Nick says it's still open. I think it's it's barely open, like in a bad apartment. You can't get that thing closed, but it ain't, it ain't open that wide. It's very small. As long as Patrick Mahomes is in the same division as Josh Allen, it's going to be Mahomes every single time. And I love Josh Allen. I love the improvements that he's made as a quarterback over the course of his career. But this year, I don't know if it's because there's a lack of weapons. I don't know if it's because coaching. It could just be that he has like a mental block. But Allen showed that he can revert back to his older ways, his old Wyoming days. He can revert back to his early rookie days where he's kind of making these boneheaded decisions and he's not playing at the level of confidence that you see from Mahomes. Um, so as long as that those two are in the same, I just don't see it in their cards. I don't see it in their future. Sorry, Bills fans. And you know what? I'm with you. Patrick Mahomes is going to be like the Michael Jordan where people couldn't win titles because Michael Jordan just kept ruining everything for them. Pam Maldonado, Yahoo Sportsbook, every week, always making us smarter. Thank you, Pam. Thanks, guys.